Jazzcast Pros. Eat, sleep, travel, repeat. Today on the Doze Podcast, we're embarking on a fascinating journey exploring the unique blend of travel and sleep. For those of you with wanderlust, this episode is a treasure trove of insights and tips on maintaining restful sleep amidst your adventures. What's more, I'm bringing real-life stories to the forefront. Joining us today for a candid conversation is a remarkable guest with over two decades in the hospitality industry and extensive experience as a travel manager for a global hotel chain. She's joining me to talk about what it takes to find quality sleep when you're constantly on the move. She is no stranger to the challenges of constantly being in new cities, jumping from coast to coast, climates, altitudes, time zones, and of course, sleep environments. She has experienced it all. So stay with us to learn some quick tips on creating the perfect sleep sanctuary sleep kit when the bedroom you're in is always changing. Hello, my sleep exploring friends. Welcome back to the Doze Podcast, the short and sweet of what you need to know to transform your sleep. I'm your host, Soda Kuchkowski, your trusted sleep coach and guide to help you optimize your day so that you can take back your night. I'm excited about today's episode because when envisioning what I would share on this podcast, I knew I wanted to provide you with inspired awareness about how important sleep is to achieving your goals and empowered action for steps on how to best achieve it. And my first guest encompasses just that. She is my best friend of 34 years, but also an expert on what it's like to live on the road. So whether you're planning a trip across the world or to a new time zone, If you yourself travel extensively for work, or if you're just looking to what will make the most challenging bedroom sleep-friendly, this episode is packed with what you need to know. Hi, Bestie. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad to have you here. Now, I do want to mention that I did say that when I started interviewing people, I would be changing to video, but we just couldn't make it work this time. My world-traveling friend here is just off of a trip from California, and she was delayed a day in Chicago. And she just made her way to us for a few short days. But, you know, that's life on the road. It isn't the first time it's happened, and I'm sure it probably won't be the last. Plus, we had a delay in the delivery of items for our lounge. So here we are. We're in studio, and we're making it work and bringing you more of what you need to know. It still looks really nice in here. (laughs) So to start off, I just, you know, want to give our listeners some context. So do you want to just share a little bit about how you got into hospitality and how the norm for you actually became life on the road? Absolutely. I started as most people do in hospitality, you start right in the front line. So I was front desk, I was a bartender at one point, waitress. I've done pretty much every job you could have in a hotel, um, maybe except for event management and sales, but we're all salespeople in a hotel, as we say. And I've been in the hospitality business for about 25 years now, I would say, between various jobs and um, different companies. Right now, I'm in a in a role that requires 100% travel, where I'm in a different place all the time, working remotely, and I love that job. You know, I've been doing it for a super long time, and I lay my head down to sleep in a different place every single night. So that I'm a little a bit spoiled <laughs> that my best friend is in the sleep industry, and I get all the nice tips and tricks, you know? <laughs> so being that you are remote and that you are on the road all the time, would you say that you have had a favorite place that you've been thus far? I like the teams that I've worked on. You know, if it's a great team, then it makes an awesome experience. Doesn't matter where you are. Cause you know, I love going to places like Iowa and all over the Midwest. That's where you see the celebrities, right? In the middle of nowhere. (laughs) The joy in travel for me is that each area is there's hidden gems everywhere. Growing up in Buffalo, New York, 
you know, we have winter so much time during the year and people kind of dog on it. But in all honesty, every place I go has some kind of beautiful fact or story or history behind it. That's really interesting. I have yet to visit a place that is not interesting in some way or another. But Hawaii is always a favorite, you know. Everybody (laughs) dreams about waking up in Hawaii. New York City, I love the vibe. Some people would hate that noise. You probably would say that's a terrible scenario for sleep. But I like the vibe of the city early in the morning. I like the sounds of the city. And I like the country, too. So really everywhere. I mean, everywhere has a positive and a negative. The roles that you've been in, you've gone everywhere from being someplace for a month to being someplace for just a couple of days. So, I mean, your your schedule is really honestly changing all of the time. It's not as bad as I'd say a flight attendant, which is our other friend, but <laughs> being in this industry to move up and to move around and to pivot your career, you have to be able to live in different cities. And I've lived in San Antonio and Boston. You remember when I lived in Philly, you visited me in all those places. So you've had to, you have to be kind of fluid and move around a little bit. And so I think that's why people in the industry, whether it's cruise, flight, we've all lived in different places. We pack up quickly and we just adapt to the different changes. It comes with challenges, but it also comes with a lot of rewards. So it's really nice. So that being said... When you are kind of getting yourself into like your your next kind of station, position, remote assignment, what are some of the steps that you would say that you use to kind of prepare to where? And I know it has some to do with, you know, where are you going? You're in constant climate, right. location, temperature, altitude. I know that has yeah. something to do with it. When it comes to actual travel, it's better not to have a plan. You know that because you've been doing a lot, quite a bit of traveling this year. And there's always going to be a little bump in the road, no pun intended, that might cause you to delay or to end up, you know, you may not get to your destination at the time you want to get there. Um, So you have to be flexible. That's number one, because, you know, as people say, like when they're having kids, a birth plan goes out the window. It's (laughs) the same thing with travel. So you just have to accept that whatever comes down the pike that you're going to be able to adapt and change it. So that's number one. Number two is I usually set myself up with a couple items that I travel with that I absolutely need and I keep it small and simple. I'd say on one end, be flexible, but on another end, be prepared in some sort of way. And it's not even items that are that you sell. It's just things like if you know you can't go to bed hungry to have some kind of snack, something that's like nuts or like granola or something like yogurt or like cherry juice or something that is light and, you know, will help you get the best sleep of your life versus like having a burger from Uber Eats at 11 at night where you're going to be up until like three in the morning and not get rest enough rest for your day. No, I totally get that. On my trips, that's like the number one is making sure that I have snacks because you never, some hotels don't even have vending machines. No, it's true. I mean, you could always find access to something in most cities, but Uh, If you don't have a plan for that or even water, I mean, if you don't have a, like if I didn't have my fake Stanley cup that I sleep with next to my bed, didn't have enough water, that could throw off your sleep too. Because like you always tell me, you're getting up, you're interrupting your flow of sleep just to get a glass of water when if it's already there, you don't have to really do much except drink the water and go back to sleep. So it's just little things like that, that really make a big difference. And Working in the travel industry, I realize that when people come to me, guests especially, and they want their room set up a certain way, I 100% know what it's like. Either you want two pillows or four pillows or a heavy blanket or no blanket. 
and we cater to all that in my industry. So I totally can sympathize and empathize with the traveler and whatever they need. I have to say that when you go from East to West Coast, much simpler. Now she's yeah. coming to us from West to East Coast. So mm-hmm. she spent some time in Rhode Island this summer. She just did two different assignments, you know, on the West Coast in California. And after she leaves us here in, in Western New York, she's headed to Florida when you're traveling, especially, you know, whether it's those short or those longer distance, do you have some kind of go-to tools when you're on the plane? Yes. I mean, and I must say, like I said, I'm spoiled because you're my friend. So you set me up with a lot of the things. The nightlight. I didn't think a nightlight would make such a difference, but I'm a person that needs to sleep with some kind of light. I cannot sleep in a totally dark room, even though that's what's recommended. I need some kind of light. And I used to buy my own nightlight and travel with it. Or I used to, the worst thing was when we were younger, I used to be one of the people that would fall asleep with their television on. And it's the worst thing ever because you wake up in the middle of the night thinking you're in some kind of infomercial and it's horrible. But since I purchased your nightlight, which is like this beautiful amber glow, I fall asleep like within 10 minutes. And I know falling asleep right away is not really a goal either. But I fall asleep in the adequate amount of time. Like I, my screen's off on my phone. Um, the room is nice and cool. That's my other must have. And then I like I fall asleep like a baby. But that's one of the things that I absolutely need is that. When you're on the plane, I mean, I know on the longer yeah. flights, so you have the eye mask, you have the earplugs. Yeah. One thing that I have to know, and hopefully this is something that you're partaking in as well, a lot of times people don't really underestimate the value of making sure that you're staying hydrated. A lot of times mm-hmm. people like to drink yep. on the plane, that's but true. that's that can become very dehydrating and make it much harder to get acclimated to the new time zone as well. I think that comes with age too. Um, We always talk about, you know, I do not really have any kind of alcohol after a certain time of day. It's just setting myself up for wanting to be up all night. And I, same thing with caffeine. I love caffeine. You know, I do, but I don't no longer have a cup of coffee at like six at night. Not unless I'm on vacation, you don't have anywhere to go the next day, but I mean, you still want to do things on vacation that may require you to be up at a certain time. So if you stick to a routine, it's much easier than veering off the routine. All the little things add up to, to, you know, a restful night's sleep or getting adequate rest. It's not even maybe a restful night's sleep, but having, being well rested um, is the best thing that you could be. It's, it starts off your day perfectly. So I think like all the little things that you could do, uh, not everybody has access to, I think, a lot of the items that maybe I would have access to with you being my friend. But at the same time, um, to, you need to keep evolving in that sense. So if you're not getting great sleep, it's all cyclical. So, you know, hormones change, uh, environments change, life changes, um, you know, and if you're not changing and altering your plan towards that, you're setting yourself up for not having the best rest or sleep. There's definitely something to be said about tools when you're changing time zones. Now, we're all familiar with daylight saving time, which oh. we're trying to eliminate, yeah. right? Because <laughs> it's not it's not good going backwards or no. forward. No one likes it. Um, we, we see an uptick in heart attacks and traffic fatalities and a number of different things. But there is something to be said about moving your schedule when you're going to a new time zone so that you're kind of getting used to that. Now, you are in a kind of a special kind of scenario because it's not just getting into the new time zone with your line of work. Sometimes you go from working, you know, 630 to three o'clock, 
shift. And then, you know, on this last assignment, I believe you were like three to 11. So things kind of switch around yeah. for you all the time. How yeah. do you get yourself adjusted to that? I know you're a big napper, so you're probably going to tell us about that. <laughs> the nap thing I just started recently. And it's so funny that you mentioned daylight savings because the amount of memes this year about daylight savings and it af- affecting people's complete attitude over, is it day? Is it night? Am I supposed to be eating right now? It just seems to, this and that. It's just, it makes it, you realize how relevant everything is to sleep because everybody's talking about it. So what do you do when you're like changing? Like, for instance, like you were in California, right? So there are three hours. Oh, shift changes. Yeah. Okay, so what do you do to get yourself you know, set like up to, to that next one? You know how I like to veer off topic. This last round, right away, I was getting less sleep. So I was only sleeping five hours because daylight savings and my shift change happened at the same time. So the first few nights I tried to go for between six and seven hours. That's what I need. That's my sweet spot. It's not, I know that's not for everybody. Some people need less, some people need more. When I wasn't getting that amount that I needed, I actually just added a nap to my morning of 25 minutes, you know, because you used to call me and I was like, the timing. I always used to say that it's without the timing. (laughs) I took my nap between like, I would say between like 1130 and noon. And I was, it was great. I mean, I never would yawn during my shift. I would get there in a three most days and out between 10 and 12. And I never had a slump. I mean, I don't have slumps at work anymore. So that's really the number one thing. I would say if people really want to know what's the number one thing that's been life altering about getting enough rest is that you don't have a, a sluggish slump midday like whatever that midday is for you. Sometimes my midday is 7 p.m. Sometimes it's 2 p.m. I feel like I need a cup of coffee. Like I have to have a cup of coffee or else I'm not going to get through the rest of the day. So since I made those small changes and I get what I feel like is enough rest now, I don't have to rely on caffeine and things like that. And I'm, I'm rarely like, you'll rarely hear me say I'm super tired. Now, would you say, because I mean, I know I've always known you to be more of a night person. We're in studio at night right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Getting this done. If you had like, you know, obviously your schedule is always changing, but if you had to pick like your perfect schedule where it was like, this is a time I need to go to bed. This is a time that I want to wake up every single day because I get to choose my hours. What would that be for you? My bedtime would probably be ideally, I love falling asleep between 12 and 1230. Mm -hmm. I like a little bit, I like to see a little bit of like, so you're still more that night owl. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I think I always will be because my mom was a registered nurse that would work 3 to 11. So like we were always used to seeing her during that time and she was always up late at night. I like that a little bit more. I'm more of an evening person. The times I get up early in the morning, I appreciate the fact that I'm up earlier, but then I definitely have to go to bed earlier. So that's the catch 22 with that. It's like you get up early, you got to go to bed earlier, else you're just completely like 9 p.m. You're like drowsy and all that stuff. Midshift is like my kind of golden time. I love that time of day. And there's always, it's always an interesting question because I'll have people who, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to get, is there like my brother, for instance, you know, he goes to bed at 7.30 and he gets up at 3.30, but he's more of that early riser kind of lion chronotype, but that's also kind of the work schedule because he wants to get it out of the way, but also naturally he's more inclined to want to go to bed early. So it works for him. Well, it's interesting because while I travel... When I study trends in travel, right now they're saying that the 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. restaurant reservations are becoming like the hottest thing because people are going to bed earlier and earlier, whereas the 8 and 9 p.m. reservations were always like, oh, that's the time. But now people are kind of shifting a little bit and the 4, 4 5, 6 p.m. time slots are way more popular than the 
later times. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> when I go out to dinner with my family, my husband always says, he goes, are we here? You know, this is like, you know, we always think about it as like the senior hours, right? Yeah. But I'm like, I love going to dinner at 4.30 yeah. or 5 o'clock. You beat the crowds, yeah. you get in and it's like the swarms of people yeah. are coming in when you're kind of on your way out. So in terms of like your favorite place, I know that you said Hawaii, right? But what's, what's been your favorite place to lay your head? Because I mean, obviously, like, you know, when you've been in Colorado, there's something to be said about like the altitude, you know, the temperatures in Arizona when it's hotter and, and so forth. What would you say has been the best for you? The best is now probably my home that I have in St. Louis because I recently made a home purchase. So I would say laying my head down at my own place. You know, I live in a loft, so that's a little bit different too because it's one open, it's an open concept. Like you're not sleeping like in an enclosed space. So I would definitely say probably my home in St. Louis. (laughs) Yeah, she put up roots this year. And then what would you say has been your worst? I'm going to say not not even related to work. And some people might really come for me for this. But anything involving camping is not a go for me. I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what. Like, I get it. People who are real outdoorsy are like, oh, there's, you know, and we used to tell the campers when I was a camp counselor that you acclimate to the ground. Have you ever heard that? Like with your sleeping bag, like, oh, you'll acclimate to the, your body will acclimate to, no, it doesn't. First of all, it's It's hard. And then, (laughs) I mean, bears, come on. Maybe in our younger years. Yeah, that was pretty cool, but like not not now. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I could rough it, but I'm definitely a running yeah. water glamping yeah. more type of person. I think with that, I mean, there's something to be said about connecting with nature, which is why, you know, everyone has a green yeah. thumb now and we're bringing the plants indoors, which, you know, has a lot to do with improving our air quality, which can improve our sleep. But there's also something called grounding, which, you know, when right, we get yes. into like traveling a diff- across different time zones, that's where you can get into like jet lag. And that's where we can see that disruption in circadian rhythms. And there's been some kind of research that's been conducted that shows that if you like take off your shoes and you walk in the grass that you kind of can connect with the time zone. I recently read about that and I think they are onto something. I don't know if we fully need to sleep there, but frolicking is seems fine to me. It seems like a good stress reliever middle of the day. You know, I like that concept of it, but sleeping out there totally that, that to me is really tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back into the actual bedroom, uh-huh. besides your nightlight, what would you say are kind of like the things that you would put in your sleep kit that you cannot live without? Well, I would say adjusting my temperature. That's always in my sleep kit. Ideally, I like the room to be between 66 and 68. That's the first thing I do. That's uh, the recommendation. Yeah. So that's perfect. I travel with some clips. I always clip my curtains closed to make sure I don't have any light coming in. Which that never bothered me before, but once I really, you know, set a time, a set time that I'm going to put my phone down, I'm not going to drink caffeine four hours before or alcohol. Once I did all those things, it's like the light kind of did bother me. So I think clipping your curtains closed is another big thing. I think noise is really hard to manage because you could be in various places and you may not be able to to control that. I'm not an earplug person, but for me, the noise doesn't doesn't really bother me. But when I'm home, I have, you know, sounds that I like to listen to. So that's why I said it's kind of short and sweet. I travel with some sleeping type aids like the magnesium. I mean, the nightlight's a big one for me. With all the traveling I did over the last year, like I am sensitive to noise. So I wear like the moldable earplugs. Mm -hmm. But I also, you know, there's a number of free apps on the market that have different like soundscapes. So like for me, Instead of traveling with a sound machine, I just put an app on my phone and it kind of blocks out whatever outdoor noise. So it's like kind of different strokes for different folks, whatever it is that you need. A lot of these things are 
you know, readily available, you know, your smartphone has so many different of these features, but like the nightlight for sure is a big one because you can put it not only in your sleep space, but in the bedroom. A lot of these hotels, I mean, still to this day, they have these like blue light that emit from mm. not only like your television, but from like the smoke alarm and the night lights. they make them like blue and green. And, you know, all of that stuff is not conducive to sleep. You had mentioned about Eclipse and I have yeah. some hacks for myself, like the pant hanger. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like, if you don't have clips do with that. you, Yep. You take the pan hanger and you cross the curtains. I take a towel and I roll it and I, I put that, it yeah. underneath the door so the light from the hallway. And then there's something called dimmies, which are pretty much like little Klingons that you could put over all of those intrusive yeah, lights. like before. And they, they don't stop the devices from working like your television light, light, the smoke detector, the door. A lot of times people don't even think about the little people yeah. in the door. If you yeah. don't cover that up, that stream of light That's can true. come right down. So it's like all these little things that you don't realize the impact it has, but when your sleep quality is compromised and all of a sudden it's like they become big factors. Last question for you. In terms of your sleep, do you have what I like to call a sleep slip? So is there one habit that you find that you just can't seem to kick and do you have a tool that kind of helps balance you? I love caffeine. I love espresso martinis. I love any kind of coffee. You know, I was Italy a couple years ago. I could have espresso every any time of day. Like I was just like, I could, you know, and I used to be the type of person that I could sleep even if I had caffeine, but I could have been overly tired then. I don't know. I just think caffeine is probably my number one thing. Like I could be easily convinced to have a cup of coffee after dinner. So I really need to like, just for my own sanity, because I know I'll be up so late, just say like, note it. Even when people offer it to me or they're going to Starbucks or they're going to, you know, I love going to different cafes in various cities. That's probably my number one thing is I try all these different local small business cafes. I love that. But I think that's like a cultural thing with us too, because you're, you're German Filipino and I'm Puerto Rican. We have dessert and coffee after every single meal. That's like what we were raised on. So we didn't Mm -hmm. know different. And I was the same. I mean, up until we were in our 20s, I mean, we were out at coffee shops. But the thing is, now, obviously, as a sleep educator, too, I understand when we have caffeine in our system, it reduces our deep sleep by 20%. But there is a hack for this. And I don't know if I've right. shared this with you before. But if you actually incorporate broccoli into your dinner oh, or a broccoli extract, like a supplement, it actually helps your body to, to strip right. it from your body yeah. quicker so you metabolize it a little bit quicker. And I would say my other slip is that I scroll like everybody else. I love to scroll. Like you start looking at one thing and then you go down the rabbit hole of, oh, when was so-and-so born or what what other movie were they in? Or like, what's, you know, what is everybody (laughs) talking about? This, this and that. Let me Google it. And then, so I totally fall into that where, you know, even listening to your podcast one night, I was like, okay, I got to go to bed. Like, this is like (laughs) so crazy. I can fall asleep listening to podcasts, but I try to fall asleep listening to nothing. So, you know, I don't even try to start a podcast with in mind that I might fall asleep during like a podcast or like a show because I don't want to do that. You don't realize it, but you do, you it affects you some way or somehow because you do wake up later on in the middle of the night and you're like, what's this noise? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, so it, it's a sleep disruptor. And so that's my other thing is just scrolling. Yeah. Well, I love that that you say that because (laughs) that's the thing when it comes to our sleep, while, you know, obviously I own a company and and we do sell sleep enhancing tools, sleep is free and it comes down. I mean, if one thing, one recurring theme through everything you shared with us is, you know, setting yourself up, doing the things that are natural. Um, You're not necessarily having to invest in anything, but just prioritizing the things that you know that are going to impact your ability 
to fall asleep and to stay asleep throughout the night. You know, and I, I want to add, so I do have a sleep slip and I've mentioned this before on my podcast. I like to watch TV at night. It's kind of like the way that I like yeah, to unwind. And, you know, while not everyone has the same sensitivity to light, I mean, obviously amber lighting in the bedroom is going to be great because that's going to help yeah. your body produce melatonin. I need to use my blue blockers. Oh, Anytime yeah. after eight that's o'clock, fair. if they don't go on my face, 12 o'clock, I'm saying to my husband, I miss my bedtime. Yeah. And I talk yeah. about this every single day. And it's so easy to fall into those patterns because when we're inundated with this blue light all the time, it's sending signals to our brain that it's time to be awake. And even if, you know, you say, oh, well, I'm going to be better. I'm going to turn off devices an hour before bed. Sometimes we do need those tools to kind of support right. us because right. we do have those slips because it's human, right? Absolutely. We, and we have the kind of the things that we like to go back to. So sometimes those tools mm-hmm. kind of still let us enjoy those things, but get us to a place where, where we can feel rested. Right. What I was going to say, going back to a, tool, a sleeping kit, and this was one thing I did not mention, is to treat sleep like a workout plan. Even if you go, have to work an hour late or an hour earlier, that would throw off your workout. Think about that in, in that way. That would throw off your gym time, so you have to alter your sleep schedule too. So anytime your schedule calls for it where you're working or going to a meeting and it will throw off your sleep schedule, you need to figure out what you're going to do about that. I've canceled dentist appointments that I have in the morning because I need to ensure that I'm going to have that six to seven hours. So don't set yourself up that way where it's like, oh, I'll work till 11 and I have an appointment at six in the morning or, you know, I'm going to meet with a trainer at six in the morning. That is not a good scenario because you still need to get your ample sleep between, you know, the time whenever you're leaving work and then um, going to whatever your next thing is in the morning or if even if, you know, kids, things like that, brunch you know, if you didn't get that six to seven hours of sleep that you need, it could be totally off. So you need to pivot and alter your sleep schedule. Sleep, you know, we talk about it all the time. It's it's the only acceptable taboo that's left for people to be like, they're tired. You know, and I have no shame in my game. I will cancel something if I know that I need to get sleep. So I just keep that in mind. Like when you schedule yourself and overschedule yourself, to always come up with a plan for sleep that's similar to like a workout plan. I love it because that's yeah. that's my recurring theme is that to show up as your best self, right? get a good night's sleep. I love it. Just to wrap us up, I want to just run through a quick fun exercise with you so our, our listeners can oh, learn great. a little bit more about you. So coffee or tea? Both. <laughs> I'm not a matcha person. I know everybody's crazed about matcha. I've even tried to make it the proper way you're supposed to with like the wooden thing. But I still like coffee over everything. It's just to me, it's I love the smell of coffee in the morning. So movies or books? I think books that become movies. Oh, look at yeah. that. And she does channel the inner Reese I Witherspoon. I love, I love our <laughs> Oprah's book club. I love when the books turn into movie, even if they're completely different. I think that that's really interesting. And that was like a genius business idea. So uh, <laughs> loud or quiet, do you prefer the silence or always having background noise? You know, some people like having the TV or music on all the time. I'm a multitasker, so I like loud. Okay. Yeah. How about takeout or cooking? Definitely cooking. And when I have a kitchen. Which is almost never. <laughs> uh, sleep in or nap? Um, I think wintertime nap because I like napping when it's cold, but um, sleep in otherwise. And then uh, slippers or slides or flip-flops? Oh, definitely slippers. I don't right? to see toes. <laughs> <laughs> those are some amazing choices. I like those. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for joining me today, Marie, and for being my first guest and for sharing your experiences with my listeners. I know how limited your time was on this trip, so I truly appreciate you making it happen. You are a complete gem. I love you, girl. So thank you you for joining us on the podcast. Cheers, everyone, and happy sleep. (laughs) Remember, wherever your travels exploring takes you, sometimes good sleep is a journey in itself. Travel can disrupt our sleep patterns, but with the right strategies, we can still enjoy restful nights. I hope that you found value in our time together today and that we've provided you some useful insights to guide you through what you need in your sleep kit to create your perfect sleep sanctuary and tips for keeping your sleep in check while on the road. We would love to hear your stories about your travel sleep experiences, so please share your favorite sleep tip in the comment section below. Until next time, thank you for listening. I'm back every Wednesday with a new episode ready to share my knowledge and empower you to take control of your sleep. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to The Doze Podcast. I still have lots to share with you as we work together towards creating solutions around your unique sleep challenges and needs. Until then, remember your pure potential if you change how well you sleep. At Start With Sleep, the parent company to The Doze, we're looking to simplify the process of getting you consistent and better sleep. So we're excited to unveil a unique approach to home sleep testing as part of our new model. Our unique device, unlike traditional options, can be used for up to 28 days. It's a convenient, easy-to-use, and wallet-friendly option. Plus, we deliver it free, right to your doorstep with free returns. No more back and forth to doctor's appointments. Also, if you have a sleep disorder, we provide remote appointments that fit your schedule with no travel needed. A prescription for therapy is also provided without the need to spend multiple nights in a sleep lab. Last, it's a great tool for gaining actual insights on how to improve your sleep. Visit us at startwithsleep.com to schedule yours today.